Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. And it's a mega weekend of football ahead of us. Round 14 and the Waffle W Grand Final between Claremont and East Fremantle. What a game that is certainly going to be. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Paul Persick with you in the back chat studios. It's a great pleasure to have your company. And he is back from electrifying Lords and Paris and he's here to lay the smackdown on the Waffle action. The great one, Mark Reddings. He joins me here today. Yes, bonjour. I've got that right this time, uh, Paul. <laughs> Uh, great to be back. Uh, great to be back amongst the winter of Perth. But I tell you what, the waffle season, as you said just a few minutes ago off air, 14 rounds in as we get to the pointy end of the season. And a couple of teams have, have really fallen off the cliff when it comes to finals contention. And a couple, and notably East Perth, are on the move. Absolutely. So are Peel Thunder and East Fremantle and Subiaco are starting to make the climb up as well. But also, as we said at the intro, the Waffle W Grand Final on Saturday as well. Yeah, there should be a big crowd there at uh, Mineral Resources Park. Weather's going to be fine. And we've got two teams that there's a sense of deja vu. Last year, they played each other in East Fremantle and Claremont. East Fremantle going into that game undefeated. They got rolled by the Tigers. Well, 12 months later, Claremont... Haven't had a loss. They have been held to a draw by the Sharks earlier in the season, but they too undefeated. So it's going to be fascinating. As you said, you're doing the Rogers Cup, I'm doing the Waffle W. There's that waffle game at the conclusion of those two women's fixtures. So it should be a terrific atmosphere out there on Saturday afternoon. And of course, tickets on sale now. Make sure you get to a game. It's going to be a ripper weekend of football. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Now, there was an interesting story here, Skeet, just before we go to uh, a round 14 preview. There was a story that popped up about the length of the season. You know, each team having 18 games. Should there be more, just to give more hope to those teams that are on the edge of the five or just outside? Yeah, I'm not sure about the length of the season being too short. What what I would like to see next year, and I think it, it it's worth bearing in mind that you know, last two or three seasons, there's been an element of the COVID restrictions. I With, with the AFL starting their season predominantly late March, I'd prefer to see the waffle season start earlier with two or three weeks of, of local footy, with clean air, nothing uh, to to get in its way in terms of publicity and profile, and then maybe take a break mid-year of two weeks if need be, or whatever the case may be. And I know there's an issue with the end part of the year, but I, I, I would prefer an earlier start date. Whether there's more matches, well, that's up for argument. I mean, that brings into question, I guess, um, players' salaries and, and administration um, costs and, and what goes with that. But, yeah, for mine, next season, I'd really like to see an earlier start for the for the waffle. If it means us finishing, for instance, um, towards the, the bye in the AFL finals round or even a little bit earlier than the prelim final week, as it is this week, this year, I'd be open to that. Um, as for more matches, the problem is you talk about giving sides able to climb up the ladder, but also it gives an opportunity for the gap to widen. So, yeah, there's an argument both ways. Also, the Waffle W Grand Final could present that case as well because we're at that time last year, there was no Waffle men's action, so it allowed the Waffle W Grand Final to be a standalone fixture all on its own. It's not the case this year. No, exactly. That's why I said if you could start the season earlier, as I said, I really think, and albeit the the heat of late February, early March is a factor. Um, Bear in mind the NRL starts really early in March. Right. So that gives them a bit of a kickstart over the AFL. But from a Waffle perspective, uh, play the games 
mid-up, late afternoon, a bit of twilight footy, uh, and you're right, have that break during the middle of the year, whether it's two or three weeks, a couple of weeks, have the women's final, grand final, with uh, clean air. That's certainly one for consideration. So, yeah, all those are up for discussion. And it gives the Waffle W grand final at this time a little bit of extra publicity with no, no sort of competition when you look at it from uh, from any of the men's fixtures. Unfortunately, it is the case this year with a night game afterwards over at Lathlane, that is uh, West Coast and West Perth. Fans, get involved in this. Should there be a longer season or should, should it be condensed? Let us know on our socials, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Give us a big thumbs up as well. And you can also comment below on our YouTube channel, Backchat Studios, and search up this episode of Around the Waffle. Now, we go into the Round 14 game, Skeet. And just a reminder, of course, all games are live, free and in full on the AFL app. The first one, West Coast and West Perth on Saturday night at Mineral Resources Park in Lathlane. The Eagles, they gave a good account of themselves against the Demons, escaping with a draw. Will they be high on confidence against the reigning Premiers? Well, they'd certainly have to be buoyed by what they produced. They were unlucky not to win that game by all accounts and yeah. a bit of controversy perhaps even at the end where uh, there was a, a rush behind or a point scored for Perth. But uh, bottom line is they were very competitive. They, they were gone in that game. I think best part of four, five, six goals down and able to fight their way back. So I guess the issue for West Coast is that they don't have any players there that um, immediately, given that performance, jump into calculations for AFL footy. We've discussed the, the changes that need to be made for the, the Waffle team going forward in terms of recruitment and allowances. But yeah, that was that was a really good performance. They're at home to a West Perth side that, dare I say it, um, they're not playing finals this year. Darren Harris is phasing himself out of the club and they were poor uh, last week were. for a long part against um, East Romano. So uh, you still think West Perth would be good enough to, to win the game. But once you've won a premiership and then the following year you, you're essentially out of the finals reckoning, I wouldn't put anything past West Perth in the last part of the year just because the, the appetite would clearly have diminished um, knowing that they can't go back to back. Even if they've got nothing to lose, and th- this may cause some heat amongst the waffle landscape, but I beg to differ. I'm going with the Eagles. Yeah, well, that's a brave call. Uh, I, th- I think West Perth still have the quality to win. Yeah. So I, I think they, they win. But you're right, I think there's a, there's a little window here for West Coast if, if, if West Perth uh, uh, basically shut the curtains for, for the year. West Perth have got the quality, but they just haven't delivered during a lot, of, a lot of that season. I think they've only won one or two of their last six. Mm. And that one was at home against South Fremantle, considering their record at home has been absolutely subpar this year and their record on the road. Yes, and look, we know they're... Their quality of player is still there. We know the old heads are in terms of Kaitel, in terms of Black Nelson. They've got they've got the the nucleus of, of a team which should be playing finals. Let's be honest. But but it's funny, you know, you, you you strive for a decade to win a flag, and we've seen a bit of that in the AFL this year with Geelong not anywhere near their best for most of the year. It's it's human nature. If you've been striving so hard as the Falcons have to to, to break the drought, they do that. Then um, six months later, you. you to have the fire in the belly as it was 12 months before that, it's always difficult to replicate. Absolutely, of course. So it'll be an interesting time for West Perth in those final six or seven weeks. Now we go to the Sunday action, a morning match over at Mineral Resources Park. This one will also be live on Channel 7 at 11.30. Perth and South Fremantle at Mineral Resources Park. South Fremantle, well, they got that scare last time they met against the Demons at home, four-point win, and now the Demons have that home field advantage. They should have got the four points against the Eagles. Yeah, they should. And look, you mentioned Perth. They've got a pretty good record against South Fremantle in recent times. And uh, I think it was Matty Taylor might have kicked the, the winning goal against South Fremantle um, going back earlier this season at, at Fremantle. So they won't have any fears, uh, Perth. And, and South Fremantle, look, obviously the salary cap breach uh, makes their, their their ladder position look worse than the, what it is. But they too have, have been 
far from convincing for most of the year. Um, we know that they've they've lost experience as well. Hayden Schleuth's um, absence is noted. But you'd still think with Dylan Mayne as captain and, and with the likes of even forward of the ball with Jimmy Miller there and, and, and the guys that are able to produce through the middle. I mean, you think of Bletchenden, you think of some of their, their mids that are able to produce a lot of good footy. They, they still haven't been great. And, and up against a Perth side that um, has, has struggled, let's be honest, for the majority of this season. They've beaten West Coast. They've had an upset win over South Fremantle. But they, they really haven't been able to, um, to, to produce anything exceptional under Peter German. But it sort of wasn't expected right away. We spoke earlier in the season um, that this is going to be a long-term thing and there, and there are going to be struggles. But the way they applied themselves against South Fremantle the last time they met was very, very good. They had the likes of Cooley, uh, Avery and Sinclair firing. And of course, uh, one of the players kicked five goals before he got drafted yeah. to um, to Essendon in the AFL. So Jordan that forward Hunter. line, yeah, Jordan Hunter, that was a big loss for, for Perth and their forward line. It's had a hole that hasn't been filled since. They haven't had a prolific goal kicker, with the exception of Sam Stubbs. Yeah, Sam Stubbs always gives you two or three, but Jaden Hunter's departure to Essendon. Um, you mentioned Jack Avery. The, the matches I have seen, I've been really impressed with him, the former Tiger, being able to hold up the defence of, of Perth. But, uh, yeah, they, they've got a, they're a young list, but they do have to, you know, a bit like the West Coast Eagles, they have to find a way to, to bring some players into a, a club that, and you know, Barra as president and Germo as coach, they have to try and find some more quality because it's not there. It's 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 clearly not there at the moment. They'll take time to develop. The upside is that their Colts are going well, mm. so hopefully that is something they can uh, can draw on in the next twelve months. And and some of those emerging young teenagers can can make the step up to the the league. Who wins on Sunday? Uh, South from Mantle. I'm going the other way. I'm going to say Perth. Okay, well, I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that because you're a demons man. Now, this one's a ripper. The third game on Sunday at Country Builder Stadium in Geraldton. It's a battle for third place, East Fremantle and Peel Thunder. Geraldton, eh? What a place it is for East Fremantle. What a, a breeding ground for for some of their great footballers over the years. And, and look, they'll use this as a, a fantastic you know match to, to draw a crowd. Um, you know, invoke a bit of uh, some memories of, of the, the players that have come through East Fremantle over the years from, from that part of the world. So, yeah, going to be fascinating. I think I've been up to Geraldton once for a game. That was a pre-season game between the Dockers and Richmond about a dozen years ago. So uh, it's, a, it's a real chance for the community to get around uh, the Sharks. And look, they're playing some pretty good footy. This is one of the, the games of the round, as you say, and, and we'll have a bearing as to, to the ladder positions at the end of the season. Because Peel, bear in mind, uh, the... Dockers have got some injuries this week, so that might well affect um, how how strong Peel Thunder is heading into this game. So uh, East Rounder for mine, probably favourites, deservedly so. Um, they're currently fourth on the ladder, uh, Peel third. Again, the difference... Uh, Percentage-wise, East Fremantle have got Peel covered. If they win this game, they, they probably jump up to third. That's going to be a huge game, and it puts magnificent, a huge bearing, I should say, on the double chance. You know, The winner of this one could pretty much have a good road to finishing in third and getting that qualifying final. Absolutely, it's huge. And, and in, in the waffle, I mean, to come from fourth and fifth, very difficult. So in the context of the season, and not only winning the game, but beating a team that is in, in the same realms as you are, is, is massive. 
I'm going to say it's Fremantle as well, but only just. I reckon it's going to be a really good game, taking into account the players that Peel may have missing because of the the, the yep. Dockers' injuries. But also, East Fremantle, they've got Marsh back in form. Cody Leggett uh, recently kicked six goals. And also, their midfield is now starting to get back up to scratch, led by Milan Murdoch. But also, I was very impressed with Cameron Eardley. His shift from the back line to the midfield in that win last week over West Perth was just impressive. Absolutely. And Dylan O'Reilly's been a forward that's been giving them some options as well. So, you're right, East Fremantle. I think more... More options going forward. Uh, I agree that playing in Jordan, I think, might just give them a bit of a bit of a spike, and I'll, I'll pick the Sharks there. Well, they've got a uh, five and four record over there in Geraldton in ten meetings that they've been to, so they've got a good love over there. The JK Foundation Cup as well will be on the line in honour of the great West Coast Eagle Josh Kennedy, uh, over two hundred games and uh, a hero he was to WA football, and uh, you know he'll provide uh, a great presence uh, over there at Geraldton. Absolutely, and as as we said, if you know all things being equal, really big crowd up there and a great advertisement for. Awful footy. Absolutely. Let's go to the fourth game on Sunday at Steel Blue Oval, Subiaco and Swan District. The Swans, they just can't catch a break at home. No, and they were thumped by East Perth last weekend. Only kicked the four goals. Uh, and look, ladder-wise, they, they're a team that's been so competitive without really winning. I mean, they're, what are they? They're sixth position, four wins, eight, of the, eight losses. I'm guessing five of them have been probably within a goal or two. Uh, so doing a lot right, but they have had some injuries against a team, though, that um, was a bit down last week, Subiaco, fractionally down, beaten by Peel. I, I think that Swans probably, once again, will be in this context for a while. Um, they've got Chris Jones, who's playing as a forward nowadays. He's been excellent for them for a long time. But outside of that, they do have issues kicking goals uh, week to week. Jesse Turner, another, what, 43 disposals last yeah, week. That's huge. That's massive. So we know he'll get plenty of the footy. We know that they've got uh, the mids to, to challenge at times with Aidan Clark, who's had a really big season. Jackson McLaughlin's been a good recruit. But I, I still think Subiaco's quality, um, they're, they're not humming along like the, the Subiaco premiership teams of old, but... I still think they're they're going to play a big part in September and they'll be winning this. Yeah, they're getting there. They're getting there, only just taking those small steps because it never is easy, you know, to get back into the five after missing the previous yep. year. Absolutely, no, no doubt about that. Um, again, spread of goal kickers uh, is is not bad. They were beaten last week by Peel, but um, Golding, Borshit, uh, Zach Clark's having a big season, he so is. he he could be the. For me, he's the guy that if if he can turn it on in the finals, then Subi have a chance of going deep, and maybe the Sandover Medal for himself as well with his consistency in the ruck. True, good call. Now Subiaco, I'll say Subiaco, but I reckon one player is under the pump, and that's Ben Sokol. In the last couple of weeks, he's only kicked a goal and was held goalless a couple of weeks ago. Well, when you, when you say under the pump, uh, to keep his position in the side? No, just to get a big bag of goals. You yeah. Know, really want to see him get back into that form that wins Subiaco their games. Yeah, oh, look, he's such a reliable player, though, isn't he? Uh, he doesn't take many spectacular marks. A lot of them are good use of the body on his chest, but he's good for a couple of goals a game. He's always um, a threat for a defender. He takes, you know, a really good defender when he plays. So, yeah, I, I think he'll, he'll find his way to that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to the final game on Sunday, Leaderville Oval. This one's a beauty. Top spot is up for grabs. East Perth, definitely the most improved side of the year. Against the side to beat at the moment, Claremont. It'll be a tough one for both. It's going to be a ripper game. Should be outstanding. I think a lot of people are interested to see how East Perth fare here because they have been the big improvers in 2023. Uh, look, their midfield is where it all happens for them. And again, uh, Hamish Brace will kick three last week, arguably in Sandover medal form. Tommy Medat has uh, kicked three, including uh, a Mark of the Year contender. I know he and Ben Milton from Peel Thunder are both in the conversation after what happened last week. But it's, it's a great story with Ross McQueen coming in. Uh, having spoken to a couple of the players, they really love playing for him. And it's been a 
a breath of fresh air having the rules go as well as they have. And Claremont, well, they find themselves back in familiar territory, just uh, near the top of the table, and now with probably the best chance to, to win that elusive flag. And again, getting away with a victory against South last week, this is a test at Leadable, East Perth, though, a lot tougher to beat than, uh, say, at River Fitness Stadium. They'll fancy their chances here, the Royals. They had a great meeting last time earlier this season. Claremont came back and snatched the game by a couple of, by, by a kick. It was an absolute beauty, and I reckon this one will be no exception. It'll be the battle of the back lines, though, that could win out. Tom North, who's been in terrific form for the Royals in defensive 50, and at the other end, Anthony Davis, who has really been a key in stopping those uh, opposition key forwards in the last couple of weeks. Absolutely, and look, defences win, win finals or win grand finals, and you mentioned those two players. They've, they've been outstanding, and I think it's worth noting that no Scott Jones for East Perth, we thought as, as Ruckman and, and I think a broken arm from memory. Broken leg. A broken leg, sorry. Broken leg that he, he was going to be a, such a massive blow to them. But I think it's young Edwards has come in and, and done a really good job in the Ruck. So uh, that's that's where they're getting it done still in the middle. Angus Shoemaker, Crowd and Brayshaw, they have been terrific. And they have an unheralded forward line. But they're able to produce enough scores, and you're right. Their defence, as you mentioned, um, off the back of um, their their key backs, um, McCready's been good, uh, North's been outstanding. I think they're a, a team that uh, there's a bit of excitement around the place, and it's generally because East Perth are on the move, and that's that's great for the comp. Same could be said for Claremont as well. Their midfield quality, forward line, could be the same as East Perth. Doesn't get a lot of credit, with the exception of Alexander Manuel, who can kick big bags of goals, and also Jai Bolton, the veteran, the evergreen, he always delivers, and Bailey Rogers, who kicked the winner last week against South Fremantle. He can come up clutch when it matters most. You're right. Uh, Bailey Rogers was magnificent last week in, in a couple of cases, kicking big goals and at, at critical times. And, and I, I like the resolve Claremont's showing in those situations where they've been uh, in trouble, they were down against South, they found a way to win. That that shows me that they're they're well and truly back and ready to, to make a, a run towards September. Who wins? I'm putting you in the hot seat. I'm tipping East Perth. I'm going to go the same as well. East Perth, but only by a kick. It's going to be a ripper. All right, let's hope so. And, and if they do uh, win and hopefully finish top two, then I'll tell you what, the crowds will well, I'll quickly come back. There was a time when East Perth, as part of the alignment, had great success, and they were still a bit on the nose with, with some Waffle supporters, and maybe even some of their own, but they've gone on their own um, esteem now, and, and I think it's a, it's a great story. I'm hoping they and East Roman will play a big part in September. Well, only time will tell. Every game in Round 14 is live, free, and in full on the AFL app. It's going to be a big weekend in Round 14. This is Around the Waffle. Paul Persick and Mark Reddings, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. And that's not the only action skeet that we've got to look forward to. Saturday afternoon, you're on the call for this one on seven at Lathlane, the Waffle W Grand Final. The rivalry continues. It does, yeah. Rematch of last year and uh, East Fremantle, as we mentioned, undefeated going into the decider in 2022. They were beaten at Revo Fitness Stadium by the Tigers. Jack Schwartz, as, as coach, did a, a great job and uh, roles reversed a bit this year. East Fremantle's been a bit up and down. They've got a new coach, Jeff Walding, who has got a great record in, in Waffle W, but uh, it's foreign territory for her on Saturday. Uh, taking on a team that's unbeaten. Mind you, they did draw. Go back through the history of these two clubs this year. East Fremantle beaten by Claremont by six points in round one. That's right. But then a draw uh, later in the year. So there's not much between the two clubs. So that, that's what looks like a really good grand final. And, and the week set off with uh, Jamie Harkin taking out the Dara Kuhl medal. 24 right. votes for the best of field uh, in the Waffle W this season. Uh, and a, a double with, I think, the Joanne Huggins goal-kicking award going to Adele Arna. Correct. So that, they've they've got the two, uh, I guess, honours next to their name, Claremont, but 
Can they win the grand final? It is fascinating, as you say. Both teams know the experience of going in undefeated to a grand final. Although Claremont um, got the job last done last year, uh, can they do it with uh, with a clean sheet? Essentially, so far in twenty twenty three. And at Mineral Resources Park, the fact that it's a neutral ground makes it a big challenge for both teams. Of course, there was a lot of talk about the grand final being held at Rebo Fitness Stadium last year. Some say it gave Claremont that extra edge, but if Claremont got the job done, none of that really matters when you look at it at the end of the day. But now it's a neutral ground; it just adds more intrigue to the match. Yeah, absolutely, and look, there'll be scouts from AFLW clubs looking, and we know the AFLW season is not far away. Uh, so there's going to be great interest. And, and because the Rogers Cup, which you're covering, the waffle comes off the back of that. Good luck getting a park around uh, Mineral Resources Park on Saturday. <laughs> but I think they'll get three and a half hours. I think, and the noise that those fans make, oh. in all seriousness, um, whether, for whatever reason, but uh, the, the, the engagement that these uh, Waffle W players get from their fans is is way above and beyond what, what Waffle gives you like three hours later. They are fully engrossed in what's happening. It's a terrific fan base and I reckon both clubs will have their, their fans turn out in droves for what's going to be a good game. Uh, obviously, Claremont, they've got the firepower everywhere. East from Outer, they've got the Wong-Gomes combination. That could really be a big difference for the Sharks, especially in midfield. It's a tough game to pick, honestly. I, I genuinely can't pick a winner. Yeah, well, I'm going to go with East from Outer. I'm going to tip, as we did last year, the the uh, the Sharks to... What are you looking at me like? <laughs> <laughs> there was only a kick in, in it uh, last time they met. Uh, it was a draw, in fact, last time they met. Six points in round one. So, yeah, I, I think history might repeat. I think Sharks might be able to cause a little upset. Lord, if you get this one right, I'm going to be as shocked as anything. I'm going with Claremont. <laughs> I'm not going to make the same mistake as I did last year and tip the undefeated team only for them to lose in a grand final. Well, Paul, what you have to understand is that my tipping, my predictions along with Scoey this year has not exactly reached any great heights. So for me to fail again would just be uh, something that I'm... Very much accustomed. Oh, come on, Skeet. You've been accustomed to success, mate. <laughs> Not in tipping. We, <laughs> we struggle, mate. But uh, let's hope it's a beauty because great advertisement for the, for the game with uh, weather supposed to be terrific. Uh, and let's hope it's a high-scoring, entertaining game of footy and, and the women get the support they deserve. Absolutely. It's going to be live on Channel 7 from 2.45 at Lath Lane, Claremont and East Fremantle in the Waffle W Grand Final. And tickets are on sale as well. Make sure you get yourselves to the game. You do not want to miss it. Skeet, thanks for your time, mate. What a big weekend of footy ahead. And as they say in France, au revoir. <laughs> See you later, Paul. (laughs) Thanks, Skeet. And thank you to all our listeners and viewers for your company on today's edition of Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. You can give us a big thumbs up on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We really appreciate it. You can watch us on our YouTube channel or listen wherever you get your podcast. We'll have a review of all the action on Tuesday. Make sure you join us then. Thanks for your time. We'll see you soon. Mercy. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.